You know what it is, G.I.D. Park, Green Runs, the Park Boston Celtics podcast, the best podcast in all Boston Celtics nation. Jake Seymour, Kyle Baxter, G.I.D., we out here. What's going on, on guys? Boys? Just chill. What about you guys? Oh, you know, just riding the wave. Riding the wave, I like it. Kyle, too monotone, too monotone. After that victory last night from the Boston Celtics, 40-piece, the defending champions, I know they only won by 22, but they were up by 40. They 40-pieced them in my head. They they took their foot off the gas. The fourth quarter did not matter. It was amazing last night. I'm on cloud nine. I really am. Yeah, watching those dumbass dinosaurs go extinct. Made my night, bro. Made my night. The dinosaurs were already extinct. They weren't coming back. I said it last night. Dinosaurs have been extinct for what a million years now. They're not coming back. But JD, I gotta, I gotta start off. I gotta start off with this. You told us that the Raptors series is gonna be a bar fight. Last night we absolutely destroyed them. How do you, do you still are you still standing on that, or do you like change it up now? So I did say that I was probably under the influence when I said that. However, last night, yesterday's game, before the game started, I was overconfident yesterday. I knew for a fact the Celtics were going to take them. Like, I'm not going to say this, the Raptors took the game off, but I just was like, the Celtics were, I knew they were about to go on all cylinders. Like, they've been, they've been dicking us around the, past, the first couple games of the bubble. Like, we got dicked around by the refs and Giannis in the first game. And then the Miami game got me a little bit upset. We, we went back and forth with the, fucking Dame Lillard we lost a big ass lead to them and that pissed me off a little bit but we came out against the Raptors and we showed not only the East but we showed the whole world what the Boston Celtics are capable of and the Boston Celtics are capable of dismantling any team on the plate and Nick Nurse the best coach in the league I think that he got snubbed in the coach of the year award I don't think that he has an answer for the Boston Celtics this year. I think our wings are too fucking good for the Raptors this year. What you guys thinking? I love the game. It was perfect. I mean, everyone played great. We 40-pieced them. I mean, like you said, you kind of took the foot off the the gas in the fourth quarter. But, I mean, that third quarter, that first half, that was complete dominance. And I haven't seen that from this Celtics team. I, I And honestly, I can't tell you the last time I saw that. I mean, I think there was a record that they set for the most – like was it like the the biggest lead or like the biggest winning or whatever it was like they they just popped off this week and it was just that was awesome to see they literally played like the most dominant Celtics basketball I think I've ever seen. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of 2008 when we were going into the fourth quarter, game seven, up 40 against the Lakers, bro. That's what that Celtics game reminded me of last night when we just pummeled those bitches. We did not go to seven games with the Lakers in 2008. Maybe we could edit this shit out, but it's okay. <laughs> you might you were, be right. You were, you were a young six. blood back then. It's yeah, all good. Bro, but honestly, this Celtics team, it has changed a lot of opinions for a lot of people this year. Like, there are a lot of analysts that have been down on the Celtics, and I'm, and I'm a realist. I have said, bro, it'll be a crazy deal to go through Philly, to go through Milwaukee. I mean... Toronto, and then Milwaukee. But this year is fucking different. 
this year, we don't got to travel to those teams' houses and play in a hostile environment like Philadelphia. We don't got to play where they're fucking their cousins in Milwaukee. We don't got to play in the fucking America's hat in Canada. All we got to do, we got to play in the bubble. And the Boston Celtics, after a performance like last night, they're one of the best performing teams in the bubble thus far. And the offense is there. The defense last night, holding this team to 37 points in the fucking first half, that's amazing. I was happy. Last night was probably, it was probably like the best night to go to sleep as a Celtics fan this year. Like, ever since we got rid of Kyrie Irving in the last, like, 365, going to sleep last night after that blowout was a really good night. Yeah, that was just all around a great victory. It was more of a moral victory, too, in a lot of ways, because, you know, a week ago we were sitting here talking about how we lost to Milwaukee and how that we should have won that. And then we go play Portland on Sunday, you know, blow them out of the water, but then let them back in and almost lose that. And then Miami, we didn't really show up, lose to them. Bam just had a, just ate, ate us all night. And then we absolutely blew up Brooklyn, and then Toronto was like the cherry on top. But you know it's going to be the cherry on top, and I've been saying this since the beginning, that this Celtics team, they can win the championship. They, they absolutely can. There's no reason why they cannot. This team is the perfect team that you want. This team reminds me of like being on the course in like a pickup game. Because that's what the bubble is. The bubble is just a glorified pickup game. You're not you don't have the crowds, you're not traveling. And a lot of people talk about the crowds, which don't get me wrong, that's a huge part of like going away. But they get to sleep in a hotel. They literally go to the games and then go back to their room and just chill by themselves. Or if it's an early game, they go do like some activities. Like stuff like that is that stuff that they don't get to do. Like you know, you don't, there's no flights, you're not going across country, you're just all in one central area, which is perfect for this, you know, for this young team, and, you know, it's like a pickup game, I know Jalen Rose, he talked about that a lot, saying, like, you know, if there's any team that I would want to pick in a pickup game, I'd pick the Celtics team, it's exactly what he wanted. I mean, you look at their starting four, their starting four can compete with any starting four in the NBA, I think, so, I mean, you're completely right, like, this is a glorified pickup game, and that's why the Celtics are excelling so much with their young youth and then experienced Kemba Walker. But, Kyle, I have a question. Like, most teams, they have a starting five. Why do you say starting four? Uh, well, see, here's where I'm one of the only Celtics fans that uh, doesn't suck the German schnitzel of Daniel Tice, where I don't think he's... Uh, I don't think he's the starting caliber. I don't think the Celtics win a title with Daniel Tice as the starting center. I'm sorry. But, bro, Daniel Tice, Tice is, like, he's fine. He, you know, like, all, would I like to have a Hassan Whiteside, Joel Embiid? Of course I would. I mean, you'd be crazy if, if you said, no, I'd rather have Tice over them, right? But Daniel Tice isn't that bad of a center. People always crap on him, but you know why? Because there's that war between him and the refs. You know, he gets no calls. Everything goes against him, it seems like. He's he's a decent on offense and he's decent on defense. He's just a, he's like an average center. And now I know I know Kyle. We're gonna get to this later on about Rob Williams. We'll talk about it a little later, but he's not ready. Same thing with Taco. I know you're a big Taco guy. Daniel Tice is perfect for this team. You know he does a little bit of everything. And you know with the four other guys, Hayward, Tatum, Brown, and Kemba, those two guys. You know those four guys are uh, you know doing really good. Especially Brown and Tatum, they've been pretty good since uh, last Friday. And I'm almost. I think next season, if they continue this level of dominance, I'm going to name them the best duo and not the NBA because I think both of them should have been an all-star. I think Tatum next year and then maybe in two years, I think he could be looking at MVP candidate. 
you know, I think he's he's up there. Tatum's going to be special, and I know we've been saying this. Um, you know, he's going to be special. But one thing I do want to touch about is Tatum. You're not there yet. I'm saying in two years you might be there. So you need to stop complaining to the refs. I see him, like, complaining to the refs and, like, talking bad to the refs. Dude, what has Jason Tatum done in this league? Okay, he dunked on LeBron in his rookie year. Tatum, good job. But you have you don't you haven't earned that right to, you know, start complaining to the refs. Like, LeBron James, he's been in the league for 17 years. He can complain to the refs. He's won his rings. You know, say that he lost whatever, but he won his rings, and he's a veteran. He can talk bad to those refs. Tatum, dude, you can't do that yet. What are you, third year for him? You can't just start complaining, you know, to the refs. Give him two years after, you know, he's, you know, getting really up there and almost a superstar. Then you can start doing that. But that's the one concern I have looking at this team is that where I think I think uh, the Celtics are going to beat themselves in this bubble. I don't think any team can really take us in a seven-game series. So, Jake, I didn't know that we were coming on here and burying our youngest player, Jason Tatum. The poor kid is trying to make a name for himself. He's trying to put himself up I just there. praised him. I said good things he's, about him. But he's a baby face. When he complains to the refs, <laughs> he's like looking at them for a little bit of love, bro. But what I do want to touch on. Use my phone. You can see me. What I do want to touch on is Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice, the reason why he's so valuable to the Boston Celtics is because this guy comes in here and he has zero ego. The guy learned his game over the last couple of years off of Al Horford and Aaron Baines. Bro, those are two guys to learn from. If I could ever learn from two guys, those are two selfless guys. Look at where Aaron Baines is today. He's, he's playing some incredible-ass basketball in Phoenix this year. I mean, Daniel Tice is like, he's a team basketball player, and I wouldn't want anybody else starting at the 5 for us. Like, we're obviously a small ball lineup team, and I love the Celtics roster 1 through 15. If you want to go stretch it out, 17, Tremont and Taco, add them in there. I love those two for sure. But at the end of the day, like, Daniel Tice is the reason why the Celtics are where they are because we don't have a guy under the rim that's, like, like just reaching for his rebounds and reaching for his, like, put-ins. Like, we have a selfless-ass center, and I think that's why the Celtics are successful. Kyle, me and you are going to go to war about this, bro. And I think the the thing with Tice, too, is that if we need him to score, he can score. I think last night uh, in the first half against uh, Toronto, he had 11 points. You know, like, that's decent numbers right there for a center like him. And like you said, you know, the no ego is a huge benefit. That's why I don't want to give it to Raw Williams yet because not only – I don't think he has a big ego, but he hasn't really earned it yet. He's played good basketball, but he hasn't earned it like Tice has. Like you said, Tice has learned the last couple years from Baines and Horford and worked his way up. You know, Raw Williams needs to do this. And I compare it – I compare the Tice situation to kind of like Stidham and Newton. Stidham, okay, Stidham's going to be the quarterback. He's going to start. And then Cam Newton comes in, and he's – and everyone's like, oh, my God, Cam Newton's going to start. Like – Okay. Relax. Tice okay. has been with us for Spike, a long time. He's gonna Spike start. King might be Spike King might be watching this episode. Who you guys got <laughs> styled for the New England Patriots week one? Stidham. It's so hard because I've been editing all these videos about him oh and Stidham Stiffy. God. But no, wait, wait, wait. But I gotta say, at the end of the day, I think it's Newton over Stiddy. I, I really Stidham do. Starts, I think Stidham starts week one. I think Newton finishes though. How old is Stidham? Twenties. <laughs> 20s. No Early shit, 20s. 20s. Early 20s. <laughs> no shit. I think he's like 23, 24 maybe. 
Yeah, he's no older than 24. Why would you put a young kid that has zero experience week one? Why not put the former MVP that everybody overlooked that, like, he could he's fuck hungry. up and it, it's no big deal and then put Stidham after him if he fucks up or, if, like, whatever. I don't understand. Well, Bab's why point is the him. exact opposite. Bab says, why not put Barry Stidham in there until he... Take a piss. Well, Bab's is saying, basically, why don't we have Stidham in there until he fucks up and then put Newton in? Because you know Newton's going to be reliable, but I didn't know this was a Patriots podcast. We can I didn't know the Celtics. Kind of, I was kind of comparing it to Tice. Uh, Daniel Tice. I think with Tice, though, is I know he's a dog. I know he works his ass off. We have GRD taking a piss in the background. Yo, you I know hear that shit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's 9-7. and seven. He'll get you those 9 points. The only thing with Tice that I <laughs> I can't get over the piss. <laughs> the only Yo, thing with actually, him. Kyle, taking a piss to your voice, bro, it actually fucking is a pretty good-ass feeling. Dude. <laughs> oh, that's good, <laughs> I guess. Satisfying. <laughs> But my only thing with Tice, and I'll just get it out, is he's 6'8", and that's a problem because not many centers in the league are that small. I know we have kind of a taller lineup with uh, Tatum, Brown, and Hayward, but I really—I mean, you can see it in the games. When we go against like a Lopez or a Gasol, I mean, they're just reaching for those rebounds over him. And that's why I'm not the biggest Tice guy. And no, I don't think Robert Williams should start. I would start Cantor over, I would start, uh, over uh, Rob and Taco, but... Dude, or I spring honestly, water, Vincent Poirier. <laughs> okay, that you lost me there, Vincent yeah. Poirier. No, 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 no. How... I'm saying I would start like them over them. I don't even know why Poirier's on the team, to be honest. Yeah, no, I agree I, with that statement. I, I think do. that he's on the team for a reason, and he's a hype man. But all right, Jake, yeah, I share, guess your so. share your I opinion. I want to talk. Jake. I want to talk about Canner for a second because Canner is great, and he does a lot of good things on and off the court, but. He didn't play last night, I don't think. I don't remember seeing off, him. I don't off the court? Off the court? What, what does Cantor do off the court that's good? Uh, he uh, all he that Turkish that, uh, Yeah, uh, that Turkish dictatorship. There's a lot of good stuff off the court. <laughs> but it brings like awareness to it, you know what I'm saying? No. No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, anyways, Cantor does a lot on and off the court. Uh, but he did not play last night. He was a DNP. Um, so that that's interesting. Why did he not play? And I think I wonder if it has to do with, do, you know, do do we think that Cantor isn't isn't here for his full contract? You know, the Celtics are going to look and move him, and next year see how Rob Williams does because you know Rob Williams played over him. So you know, or maybe maybe they're going to try and roll with three of them. I don't know. It was just it's kind of weird because they have think- what five centers? They have Tice, Cantor, Rob Williams, Vincent, and Taco. Isn't Cantor on a one-year deal? Isn't he here one year, five million? Option. I think he might be, but one, I don't think it's a one and one. One and one, yeah. So if I he accepts, he walks, do we though. trade him at the deadline? If we're like, if Rob Williams is really the next guy, I hope. I not. don't know. There's just someone I'm I throwing out there. I think he's great. I mean, he's off the bench right now, but I think he's doing great off the bench. I mean, he had that almost 2020 game off the bench. So no, I love him. I think he's a great player, but but if Rob Williams might be better than him. And we you know maybe use him as trade bait. On defense, one hundred percent. I'll be honest, Jake and Kyle, I really never share my opinion about Robert Williams, but 
a lot of people on the internet, they're really high on Robert Williams. Me, myself, I remember the kid as we drafted him, as I met him his first day in Boston. I took him around the city, everything in his first like month in Boston. Bro, something about Robert Williams, it doesn't really scream Celtics basketball. Like, I feel like he's a little bit lost in the sauce kind of thing. Like, I think his potential is there, but I don't I don't think he's ever going to reach his potential. I don't think he's hungry enough or something about Robert Williams. Like, I like him as a kid. He says all the right things in interviews. He actually, like, talks on, like, a lot of these players nowadays. But something about Robert Williams where I just do not see the Celtics and Robert Williams in the future together. Compared to, like, another Williams, like Grant Williams. Uh, I think that Grant Williams could be a Celtic for a long time. Grant Williams, they really like him. Grant Williams, I feel like he's a fucking rookie, bro. And I already feel like that guy has, like, a front office role after he retires. Like, he's, like, he's a rookie that has brought gifts at Christmas time to all the Celtics employees and stuff. Like, who does that? Nobody. He's our best rookie by far. Yeah, I like um I like Grant Williams. I think that that's a good interesting take about Rob Williams because I do see that. I know what you're saying. Like he doesn't scream Celtics basketball, but then at the same time too, I mean he doesn't have a big ego. You know maybe he can kind of mold in. Maybe he just has to learn from Tice because he has been in the G League a lot the last couple of years. But another reason why I'm very big on it is because Tommy Heinsohn likes him a lot too. And I know Tommy Heinsohn. He's a living legend, and he you know he's usually right with a lot of that stuff. So I mean I'm kind of big off him not because I just like how he is. I think he has good potential. I mean, but Tommy, Tommy likes it a lot, too. Tommy Heinsohn probably could have sold me that Greg Steedsma was a fucking Hall of Famer, too. <laughs> I love the steam bag. <laughs> Block machine. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm not going to go off of anything. I go off of what I, I see. I see some dumb shit. I say some dumb shit. I don't know about Robert Williams. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I like him. I like 44. He, he has my... My, like, praise behind him. But I just, I feel like he needs to, like, walk in on his girlfriend getting, like, banged by his best friend. And he needs to light that flame inside of him. And he needs to be, like, put that shit on the basketball court and he'll be really good. Can you agree with that statement? I can agree with the part. I think the flame part I can agree with. Um, I think I I I see him as. A 6'11 center with a 40-inch vertical, and that's the part of me that I think gets a little like, oh, man, like that would be nice to have considering Tice is just a 6'8 unathletic white guy. Well, on the that's flip funny. side, I talked about Ennis Kanter being the trade bait, but now, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Maybe they're playing Williams a lot to get the hype up around him, so people are talking about him a lot, and then use him as trade bait and try and bring in, you know, someone else. That could be the other flip side of it. I mean, like, I'm just throwing stuff out there because I don't think any of that stuff is out of the realm of possibility. I mean, we have five centers. We don't need five centers. We literally could start a whole lineup full of centers. With the, that's how many we have, if you think about it. I don't know. I just think I, there's a lot of interesting stuff with that center core. I think it's just something that is overlooked a lot. Um, I like Rob Williams, and I like Tice both. Um, but I don't know. It's just something interesting to keep an eye on, especially Cantor, too. I like him, too. Um, but we got to keep looking forward at the playoffs. There's, guys, can you believe it? It's nine days to the playoffs start. That's insane to me. I'm so hyped, but it's crazy. I think, I think there's uh, like nine days till the Spike Twins are here, too. Babs is about to have his kids right when the playoffs start. Good luck, Charm, maybe? I think so. 
Maybe the Spike Twins are going to be the Celtics. Good luck, Tom. Ben 18. Let's get it. Which is funny because he's the, such the Pats guy. Imagine if they were GRD's babies. <laughs> Does he really like the Pats, though? Like, I feel like he's like a Pats hater lately. I feel like the Spike King has gotten a lot of people against him, too. These videos that you're editing, Kyle, like, I know sometimes they go against your ethics. Like, this guy tries to fucking stir the pot a little bit too much sometimes. He's he's fucking on some shit. Bro, and the one we're dropping tonight, he did a 6ix9ine impression. And a Drake impression. Oh, my You'll God. Love it. Judy podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we got to, uh, but playoffs, NBA basketball, the playoffs, <laughs> nine days away. And um, so we got to we got to look at who the Suns are going to play. And um, so uh, tonight the Heat lost to the Suns. Suns are five and zero real quick. Let me shout that out real quick. Love the Suns doing really hot. I love it. Got my Booker jersey right here. I love it. So look at this Booker. I love whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But anyways, whoa, anyways. Sorry, I had to get. I had to say that. I had you to say can't that. have that shit over here. Hey, Jake. no, don't worry. I got I got my other ones too. Don't worry. We're chilling. Anyways, um, okay. so the Suns the Suns beat the Heat uh one twelve to one nineteen. And so that means that the Celtics cannot finish worse than the third seed. Um, if the Celtics win win out, they have three games left. If they win out and Toronto loses their final four, the Celtics will finish the second seed. Any other scenario, the Celtics will lose. I uh, will excuse me. The Celtics will get the third seed. Um, right now, it could be literally anything. I believe Indiana and Miami are both tied for the fourth seed, um, and I think Miami wins the tiebreaker for that. And then Indiana. Wins the tiebreaker for Philadelphia, and Philadelphia is currently the sixth seed. So Sixers are the most likely team that we play, but it could be any of those three. So uh, Kyle, I want to hear your take on the Sixers Celtics first round. Uh, I'm putting in as a lock. I know we're going to play them. They just lost Ben Simmons. He's going to be gone for a while due to his left knee surgery. So I don't see the Sixers winning many more games and getting out of that sixth seed. So I think we're playing them first round. And like I said, they uh, they have their chemistry problems with uh, Milton and Embiid right now. And then no Simmons on top of it. Embiid will eat our lunch and just take all of our points down low. But I don't see that as a problem. I see us blowing by them for maybe five games. Walsh also reported real quick going off that, that uh, Sixers Ben Simmons likely out for season, sources say. Right. So, so I mean, it, it, first round check, move on to second round. Hey, I don't want to run out the Sixers just yet because Embiid is an absolute monster, and that team is there for a reason. I mean, obviously Simmons and Embiid were the two main guys, but you know it's not just two guys. You know, you have a whole team around you, and Embiid can eat. Especially, you know, we don't really have we talk about it like the center, but um, I think uh, Celtic Sixers are a lock. I don't think it's I think it's possible we play a different team, but I think that's the most likely option. I'm gonna be so excited. Uh, it's gonna be kind of upsetting because you know can't uh, can't go to the games. Can't piss on the process. I was, I know, GOD, that was your thing. And you already did that. You. That's what you were hey. saying earlier, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just excited to see Philadelphia and Boston play, uh, especially the playoffs. I mean, I've been waiting for the playoffs for so long. It's been, you know, months now. And the fact that they're finally coming back is exciting. And um, I think I think the Celtics wrap up Philly in five. I don't think it goes more than five. Looking at GRD right now, he don't look too worried, not going to lie. I feel like them losing Ben Simmons, it definitely evens the series out. Like, them having Ben Simmons, this would be a very good series. This would be interesting. I think the the biggest takeaway from this is the Celtics do not have to travel to Philadelphia, though. Like, 
that's a hostile environment to play in, whether you respect Philadelphia and their fucking cheesesteaks or not. Those motherfuckers go hard for their team, but they don't this year. This year, it's in the bubble. It's under Brad Stevens' terms. We got Marcus Smart. We got Brad Stevens. That's all you need. Those two guys are going to beat the Philadelphia 70 shitbags. Brad Stevens and Marcus Smart are the keys to that series. Marcus Smart with his voice and Brad Stevens with picking them motherfuckers apart. Their coach is getting fired after this year. They should have fired him last year. He was crying after he had to talk about Ben Simmons' uh, injury. And it wasn't even so much about Ben Simmons' injury. It was just that he knew that his job was all done with. Like, it is what it is. I have no remorse for the Sixers. I do not like injuries in basketball. And this could definitely, like, go the other way. It could be Haywood could have rolled his ankle again. And the Celtics could have been on the shit end of the stick. This time it was Ben Simmons. And this time I have no remorse. Those motherfuckers in Philly deserve everything. But, yeah. Regardless of Simmons in the lineup or out of the lineup, it was Celtics in four or five. I'm with you. I think Celtics are going to win that series in five with or without Ben Simmons. Straight up. If I mean, if we had to go to Philly, it would be tough. It would be If tough. we had to go to Philly, it would be a seven-game series. Easy. Um, I think in the bubble, though. I mean, Ben Simmons is good. I could definitely see it going six in the bubble, but I think five or four was the most likely outcome in the bubble. Uh, like I said, though, in Philly, go, traveling, seven-game series, easy. And it would be a really good series. Um, I, for, I want to talk about Indiana and Miami, too, because I feel like that's also possible. Not as likely, but definitely could happen. Uh, out of those two teams, if like if we had to rank the three of them, I would put Philadelphia number one. I want to play Philly. Um I'd probably put the Pacers at number two just because we swept them last year, and I don't think they really got any better. I don't think Oladipo's playing, or if he is, he hasn't really done too much. TJ Warren, though, is absolutely hot. He's crazy. He's doing really good. So that's a little scary. Um, but I still think, I don't think they're really a problem. Miami, though, Miami would be very, very scary. I don't want to see them first round because uh, they could definitely make some noise, and uh, especially Bam, he ate up last time, and you know we lost them without Jimmy Butler. I don't want to touch yeah. Miami at least at least to the conference finals, assuming they beat Milwaukee, which probably will not mm-hmm. happen. But um, I think if I had to put those three down, Miami's at the bottom of it. That's fair. I'd probably agree with that. We ready? We ready for anyone? I do. Let's just touch on. Um, we got to talk about the West, uh, the best best of the West. Um, the Lakers right now. I want to touch on LeBron. And I know we're kind of Celtics fans, and LeBron's kind of, you know, uh, respected. He's respected, but he's not liked. We'll say that. Um, I want to talk about the Lakers' loss to OKC. I don't know if you guys saw that, but him and AD were kind of goofing off on the bench, and they were, like, getting their bus kicked. And uh, I kind of run me the wrong way, I'm not going to lie, because I know they clinched the the first seed in the West, and, you know, they're going to enter the first round. But how how can, like, LeBron take... Like, he's almost, like, not in it all the way. Like, I know he didn't activate that ghost mode that he does, like, Zero Dark 23 or whatever whatever it's called. Um, I don't know. Like, is it, could we see the Blazers make the make it as the eighth seed and upset the Lakers? I'm heavily rooting for the Blazers because that's the only team that I could see unseating the Lakers. But um, even still, the, La- the Lakers, like, they could fucking toy with Dame Lillard and CJ, and they would definitely like route them in five games. But yeah, 
to see LeBron like a little bit upset, like that would be nice. So hopefully the Blazers are the ones that get that AC. That would be nice. Could you imagine yeah, though if it does happen? That would be insane. I would. When die. was the last time that happened? Was it with Golden State with Baron Davis back in the day? It hasn't happened in a while that an AC has been a minute. Vito. Yeah, I can't even remember the last time. I think it was Baron Davis and the the uh, Warriors. I don't know where I believe, but. That would be interesting. I'm rooting for my sons, though. I get to play in game at least. They're, they're wicked hard. <laughs> and they're helping the, the Celtics out, too, beating Miami. That's always good. Um, speaking of the West, though, let's talk about the Clippers real quick. Uh, Clippers, they've been doing uh, pretty decent, I guess you could say. They did lose to the Suns uh, off Booker's game winner. But do we think that – do we think we could see a Clippers-Celtics finals? Or do we, or are we, we say Lakers-Celtics yeah. all, all the way? I mean, it could happen. I'm rooting for the Lakers-Celtics just because LeBron stole something from me a couple years ago, and I I hated watching that. So I would love to just smoke him in the finals, but I think if we want to win, we'd want the Clippers. Yeah. I think we're looking at, like, a Lakers-Bucks finals. Yeah. Uh, just, like, yeah, the Celtics could beat any team in front of them, but they could also lose to the Sixers in the first round and I would not be shocked like yeah that team has gone through a lot of friction this first half of the year with their chemistry and all that but I I feel like before the year started they were the more talented roster so I wouldn't be shocked if they beat the Celtics now in the, what Tatum has become and what Brown has become I think the Celtics are more talented than the uh, Sixers so I think the Celtics will take them but Either way, when it comes to the NBA Finals, I'm I'm definitely still gonna stick to the Milwaukee Bucks and the Lakers. Unfortunately, I have, I have a question for you guys. Um, this is Brad's seventh year as our coach. If we get bounced in the first round by the 76ers, do you think he's on the hot seat this year, this off season? I think that's, I think he is. So because, that's like a question that sorry Jake, I'll let you explain yours in a second. Yeah, no, that's like been a that's been a question like the last like two, three years. But also it's like I could just not even answer the question and just ask you to answer it. If Brad Stevens was fired tomorrow, like how many teams would be lined up to fucking take him? And I feel like it would be like nineteen or twenty teams ready to sign him, you know? So I don't think his job is anywhere like in question at all. I think he's only yeah, I think he would only be in the hot seat because he's the head coach. I don't think he'll get fired. I think he's a great coach and I don't think I think he's here to, here to stay in the long run. I love him as a coach. He's a great great coach, great basketball mind. But I think in the end of it you're going to be like, "Hey, especially if it's like those little rotation things that he does, like he kept smart in and he got his fifth personal foul. I oh, I can't remember who what game it was. But he got his fifth and ended up following out in the third quarter. Like, stuff like that is something. I think it was a Heat game. That That's that's on you. That's not, like, okay, smart. You can blame it on him. He played wicked aggressive and got it, you know, too much. But he should have been pulled when he got his fourth. Like, he shouldn't have been out there. I know, Um, I think it was Maxwell was talking about it. He was like, like he shouldn't have been out there. Um, I think, I just think he's on the hot seat just because he's the head coach. But I don't think it's his fault if they lose either. Just, I, you know, it's kind of just like, um, Kind of like with the Patriots this year, you know, Tom Brady leaves and Bill Belichick's kind of on the hot seat, kind of, oh, what can you do with this lineup kind of thing. Um, but I would love to see, if they get Bell for the first round, I would love to see him go out and get a, a center. Um, 
I mean, because I think that's that's the one thing that really would push us over the edge is having a dominant center, like a Joel Embiid, a Rudy Gobert. And I, I honestly think, I think Rudy Gobert and the Jazz, I don't think they have a long-term deal anymore. I think he might be gone in a, a, maybe a year or two because uh, they said that the relationship with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gay isn't the best after all of COVID and Gobert got him infected or whatever. Rudy that could be huge. <laughs> like, what if the Celtics can get Rudy Gobert, like one of the best defensive players of the year? I like that a lot. Well, yeah, well, if you're if you're the Jazz and you take Donovan Mitchell over Rudy Gobert, then you whoever your GM is, they should be fired. Good centers are a lot harder to find than a two way guard. Um, I think we trade Mitchell for something special. But I, th- I think I'm taking Mitchell over Gobert. I disagree. I would take Gobert a hundred percent, ten days out of ten. So to be honest, like all I got out of this was basically. The Utah Jazz suck because they blocked me on Instagram. <laughs> and I don't know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When I when I told them that Gordon Hayward was coming to the Celtics, they fucking blocked me. <laughs> um, nah, but I just it comes back to like talking about centers. You told me that we had five centers, and then you said we needed more centers. Yeah, but you can Do trade. Do we really put, need more centers? We could we could package up Rob Williams, Vincent, and maybe Kander or Tice, and package them up and send them off to Utah for Gobert, or maybe sign them and trade them for picks. Like just because we have five centers now doesn't mean we can't get rid of them and bring in Gobert. I feel you. You know, we could send Taco to go to the G League and be in the G League for the next couple of years. And then bring I him up once Tice starts to decline. And then we have Tyson go. I mean, we have Gobert and Taco, or you know, someone else. I know I said we have five centers, but you know, if we have a chance. Like, if we have a chance to get Joel, like a Joel Embiid or a Rudy Gobert, and we can do it, why not? Even if, even if it puts us at the six centers, we can move Vincent, Rob, Taco, Tice. We can move any of those guys. Ennis, like you know, get picks, send them to the G League, you know, like whatever it is. Because I think I think that's the one thing that's pushing us over because. Kemba, you're great. Hayward, you're great. Hayward's not the same player that he was because of the injury. Kemba's great and all, but I'd rather have a, a Joel Embiid or a Rudy Gobert over a Kemba Walker. I think Tatum. I, I think Tatum could bring the ball up. I mean, you know, I, you don't need a you don't need a, like a, a dominant point guard to do it. You know, Rajon Rondo, he wasn't that. He was okay. He wasn't anything special, but he was good okay. and he got the job done. He was a good passer. You know, he fed. Uh, he fed Ray Allen and KG and Paul, you know, and those three guys kind of led the way. So I feel like we need a, we need a good center. And actually, we should touch on this. Rajon Rowe, we talked about it in the group chat uh, with, with oh, us. No. We oh, got to yeah. touch on it. Is it time? Is it time to forgive Ray Allen and start okay. to blame Rajon Rondo? Yes. 100%. Simple answer. Yes. I, I agree with you 100%. I think 20 should be in the Raptors after the, uh, 5 and 34. Easy. Never. If you're going to do those two, put Rayon up there. If you're going to put five up, then I see your point. But, man, everyone's going to hate me once this airs. But I don't even know if KG really deserves to be up there. Like, I don't think so either. Don't get me wrong. He dogged out when he was here for us. And he put his heart on the floor every night. How many, game, how many games did you go to when KG was a Celtic? You want the honest answer? Yeah. One. Okay, no, I don't I don't hate that answer, Kyle, and, and I respect it also. But, bro, as somebody that during KG 
I'm gonna I'm gonna like go even lower than this. This might be the best part of this whole podcast episode. And I'm really glad that this even came up. But bro, like I was a young kid that I went to high school, like life was easy, like I just woke up, uh, everything, whatever. But bro, when the Boston Celtics had a game and I went to school, I had a little bit of pep in my step because I knew that night I was getting a little bit of fire underneath me. Because I was going to go to the Garden. I was going to watch my favorite basketball team play. And when you have a guy like KG on your team, that, like, he, like, lights that flame underneath that motherfucker that's in the 300 level that can't afford a ticket to sit on the court, but they got a $15 ticket. But KG, whether it was, like, a Tuesday night or a Saturday night against the best team in the league, like... He brought it every single night, and dude, like, it was like, I don't think that in our lives or our kids will ever get a player like that in green again, bro. So it just hurts me to, like, hear that come out of you guys' mouth because that motherfucker, he brought it, and then he brought it to another level that nobody else ever brought it in Celtics green, too, because we just needed them big time at that time because... Being a Celtic was, like, frowned upon a little bit. Like, it wasn't what it was when my dad and my uncles were growing up, you know? Yeah, I mean... But either way, I still respect your opinion, Kyle. I love KG. He's my favorite player. Like, you know, easily one of my favorite players of all time. I love him. And I think it's I think it's good that his number's being retired. But at the same time, if you're going to do him, why can't we do 20? Why can't Ray Allen get it? You know I mean? KG, I know he did, you know, he's raged about him. He's an awesome guy, brought the energy, lit the flame, kind of installed, a, like, kind of brought back a little bit of the Celtic mentality. And, um, and you know, he deserves it. But then at the same time, too, why doesn't Ray Allen get it? If you look up at the numbers, all those big threes had it. I mean, you can say um, Ray Allen left and left the team and went to the Miami Heat, like the enemy, you could say at the time. But Robert Parrish left the team, and his number's up there. I know he wasn't, you know, he didn't really go to the enemy, so to speak. But hey, you know what? He left, and you know the Celtics kind of, kind of uh, started to mess with Ray Allen and screw him over a lot way before Allen left. I mean, if you remember, Avery Bradley was kind of starting to get a lot more minutes over uh, Allen, and there's just little stuff like that that was going on. Uh, I just feel like Ray Allen should just have a number up there because he's part of it. Look up there. There's there's McHale, Bird, Parrish. That big three's up there. And then you had the 50s, 60s, 70s. Like that, those like big three guys are up there. So why can't Ray Allen be up there? I don't know. It just it just rolls me the wrong way that Gordon Hayward, much as I love the guy, he's a great player, great guy, but he was no Ray Allen to that Celtics team. You know, he never will be. It's the truth. I was a young guy when that all that drama was going around, but from what I remember and have been told, I mean, Rondo, and this is why I think it should be blamed more on Rondo, Rondo was putting Ray in the corner every game. I mean, Ray's, you could say, one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time. Um, and all I remember being told is that Rondo was pushing Ray in the corner all the time and they had a irreparable relationship and it just pushed Ray out once he had the option to leave. And look, he won and hit arguably the most clutch shot of all time. So good for him. It worked out for him. I wish he had stayed here, but I don't think it's his fault for wanting to leave. I really do think Rondo kind of pushed him out. I mean, I remember like reading stuff about Rondo saying like, he, you know, he, and I think to this day, he'll say, if you ask him about that big three, he says, oh, that was, it was KG, Paul, and me. And he doesn't put Ray in that. And that's wrong. Ray out. It was, Which is wrong. KG, Paul, it was, Paul was the number one guy. He was the guy. 
KG was right next to him and Ray Allen was right next to him. And even like, I remember there was a clip from that season and Ray Allen and KG and Paul, they were in a room doing like a little interview with a reporter and the reporter said to him, okay guys, um, on the count of three, um, I want you guys to say the person that's going to take the last shot. Both of those guys said Paul Pierce. I mean, Paul Pierce said Ray Allen, but it just shows like they were just connected and they were, they only really had one year together and they were already that connected. That's something like, I mean, you know, Kyle, you talk about you're a young guy, dude. When they won, dude, I wasn't even six. I was five years old. My first game, I was up at the balcony. Saw KG, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce against a rookie, Derek Rose. Like, that to me was just insane. Um, and I like, I love Ray. He was great. I remember he hit a three-pointer. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Oh, my God, someone hit a three-pointer. I was like six. But I thought that was, like, awesome. And I think uh, his number should be up there. And I'm trying in the process. I'm not a big reader, but I'm trying to read his book. I got the little thing right here for it. But it kind of, I think at some point later on in the book, it talks about his drama with the Celtics. And, um, and I'm kind of interested in getting to that part. Uh, I just think it's, I just think it's wrong that two of the three is going to get it. and He's not, I don't know, maybe in 30 years from now, we look back and people are like, yeah, Ray Allen should have it and he'll get it. But I mean, I feel like it's too long at that point, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It just rolls me the wrong way. Paul Pierce definitely deserves it. KG, uh, you can go either way with it. Ray Allen. Kind of go either way with it, but if you're going to go one way with KG, you got to go the same way with Ray Allen. That's my final take on that. What do you think about Rondo, GRD? We haven't heard much about that from you. Rondo, like, he kind of hurts me, bro, as a player. Like, first of all, he came up as a Celtic. Like, he wasn't drafted, like, crazy high, anything. But, like, they did talk very highly about Rondo when he was young. And, like, a lot of people, like, hyped him up. And I didn't know anything about him when when he came up. And all I saw was what everybody saw. And, dude, he rose to the occasion when he when he needed to. But at the same time, like, I feel like Rondo was more of a cancer to the team after Paul and, K, and KG left. And, like, there was no way that the team would have won anything if Rondo was, like, the best player on the team. That's That's, like, yeah, it is what it is. The day that they named Rondo the captain of the Celtics was, like, the stupidest day in the fucking world. Like, I don't even know if it was, like, a formal thing where they named him the captain. But I just remember it, like, it was yesterday. And it was, like, why? Like, nobody in their right mind thought that he was staying with the team. So, it didn't make sense. But I think he was traded, like, the day later after or, like, a week later or something. And he was traded to uh, Dallas. Um. That was kind of weird. I don't think we haven't had a captain since. And I think it's just because oh, we haven't really had Brad like Stevens. a. Brad Stevens doesn't want captain. Yeah, that's true. I'll give you that. Um, well, yeah, we always had captains, with, but uh, I, I don't know. But <laughs> I got a little, I got a little inside scoop about Rondo from my sources. <laughs> Call it. But uh, I, I remember hearing a story um, from a, a couple guys, and they were telling me that there was one time before for a game. It was right before tip off. Or a couple like hours before tip off, Rondo got to the game, and he got there a little late, and there was no parking spots available or in like near the door, so he just parked in the front of the door, like literally like right in like the no park zone right in front of the door. So he parked there, went inside, and was doing his thing, and security saw the car there, ran the plates, figured it was Rondo's, and told him like, hey, you got to come move your car, and he told him no, and it kind of went like, I'm not moving it kind of thing, but you have to, and you know I'm not. So now it gets to, like tip off and. Uh, Doc Rivers hears about this and makes him go move his car and Rondo's like I'm not moving my car and Doc told him if you're not moving your car you're not playing and he went out moved his car and came back and played but that just shows like the ego that he had 
and you know, take that whatever however you want to take that story, take it. I mean, I know it happened. People told me it happened. Um, but I mean, that's just how he was. I think he got um, I think he won too early in his career, and it got to him. And I think um, it just it just messed in his head a little bit, and it, you know, power kind of went to his head. I mean, it's just kind of unfortunate. Oh. I think he could have been something special, and he was good for what he was. But also, if we want to talk about people leaving and going to the rival, freaking Rajon Rondo is on the Lakers right now. We're, we're complaining about uh, Ray Allen going to Miami. Rondo was a Celtic, got drafted, won with the Celtics, and then he went to L.A. Come on. I think the thing that really Whoa. bothers me about Rondo is that he was a good player in the sense of, like, when he wanted to turn it on, like, he could. But the problem was he cared about that, like, 10-point, that double-double record that he had for a long time where he'd get the 10 assists. Cared about that, and as soon as he got to that, almost it felt like he would just turn it off. And he could play when he wanted. I mean, I remember that forty-point game he had in the playoffs. But I just feel like once it hit that point, he would just be kind of like, "Meh, well, I'm kind of done now." So I think, like you said, he just kind of had that selfish part about him. Yeah, Rajon Rondo definitely an interesting uh, person. Isn't there that funny picture of uh, Rajon Rondo with the shirt that girl's wearing? It says like LeBron's a bitch on it, and he's like smiling next to it. I don't know where it was taken. Is it a Boston classic. restaurant? It's a classic one. I know he's playing with Braun in uh, L.A. Funny how uh, things yeah. come full circle, I guess. Yeah, let's try and end with some positive Celtic stuff. I feel like we've been dogging on our boys today. Who will uh, play tomorrow? Magic. We got Orlando. Easy 3.30 one, right? tip off. What? Easy. Easy, dub. Oh, tomorrow I'm going to be a virtual fan on there, too. Oh, really? Oh, so look yeah, out for GRD. <laughs> Yo, I'll give you motherfuckers the password. You guys want to jump on there? I'm Try down, to. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Let's well, see if it works. All right, guys. So, you guys gonna you guys got to look at us now. When You guys will probably see this maybe tomorrow. So, you guys got to look at us or for watch, rewatch the rerun. Watch for the GRD podcast on it. <laughs> guys, final thoughts? I'm very happy. I think the bubble Celtics are on the right way, like, the sky is the limit for this team, and everybody knows that. Let's get it. Yeah, things are looking up. Celtics are a good bubble team. Look out for them to go far in the playoffs. Boston Celtics, the bubble Celtics, as we call it, they're doing great. I love how they're playing in the bubble, and especially like this last uh, end of the week. Um, I'm excited for the playoffs nine days away. I'm super excited for that. I'm ecstatic. And um, final thoughts is... Ray Allen, you never should be retired. So, guys, thanks for watching this episode of the GOD Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.